Welcome to The Abundant Life with your host, me, Brandon Kelly. Hey, welcome to The Abundant Life. This is episode 18, and I am your host, Brandon Kelly, and I am excited, as I am every week, that you are here with me to spend 15 minutes going through the book of John. We are in the last part of John chapter 6, so if you have a Bible, go ahead and go there, or you can catch this on the show notes at brandonkelly.org. I've got all the passage, the, the whole passage that we're going to be talking about there for you, so you don't even have to get your Bible out, but I recommend that you do. It's good. Get it out. It's good. One of the things that is uh, popular right now, obviously, uh, is political rallies. All of the candidates are having them, and you know it's almost like a game to see who is going to draw the most people, who can draw the biggest crowd. It's important. We, we look at when they are speaking, and we see where they are, and we'd like to think that whoever is going to win is the person who's going to be drawing the biggest crowd. It only makes sense, right? And and we use that as a political thing. You know, if, if, a, if a candidate shows up somewhere and no one shows up to listen to them, then that's problematic for them. It's, and, and, and all the commentators pointed out and talk radio talks about it. But I want you to, I just want us to think about how Jesus handled crowds. Because he did draw crowds, for sure, he did. But there are some occasions in which he does something with that crowd. He causes them to do something that, when we look at what he was doing, if we were one of his disciples, and we knew what he was trying to do, we would try to counsel Jesus and say, um, that's not a good idea. It's not a good idea, because this is how we think, right? If you're going to come to save the world, don't you think you should have the most amount of people backing you? That way you don't save the world for nothing, since they kind of have to follow you in order to be saved. Now, we would, we would do that, I think. If we looked at Jesus and his poll numbers, if we were able to quantify that during his time on earth and his min- in his ministry for the three years or so that he was doing ministry, healing people, preaching, teaching, traveling, he would have some of the most unstable poll numbers we would ever have seen in a political race. Because here's, I say the political race because this is what the Jews wanted. This is what they were expecting. They expected the Messiah to be this earthly king. Something like King David or King Solomon. That is what they wanted. And so when they got Jesus, they still expected an earthly king who was going to come and restore Israel back to the glory days in which they had before. And you see this if, you, if you're looking for it in the Gospels. That that is what they wanted. Even in Acts, <laughs> the disciples still didn't get it. After Jesus had already resurrected from the dead, 
Is this the point in which you're going to restore your kingdom back to Israel? They still didn't get it. And so they were looking for this political king. And, and my friends, how often do we also look to some political person, some politician, for our hope, for our restoration, to somehow be the, the person in which is going to make everything better. That's what we're doing when we're going through this political process of finding the next president. But my friends, we follow a man who wasn't so much concerned about the crowds and I think that's something to pay attention to. Because Jesus sent a crowd packing. He sent them home packing. And we don't like when he does this, especially as church leaders. We don't like when Jesus gets a crowd and then sends them home. <laughs> because that is what we like deep down is to get a crowd. Because obviously we are trying to further God's kingdom. And so the more people who are in his kingdom would be the better, right? That's what we're called to do. We're called to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that Jesus had commanded them. And surely he's going to be with us always. But we don't like when Jesus takes a crowd of probably hundreds, if not thousands of people, and says the things in which he says today that we're going to look at and has the results in which he's going to have at his quarterly evaluation or semi-yearly evaluation. <laughs> Jesus probably didn't get very good reports, but Jesus had a different mission. Let's look at this. John chapter 6, starting in verse 60. This is what it says. When many of his disciples heard it, what do they hear? Well, Jesus was just talking about how the person who has eternal life is going to eat his body and drink his blood. And we talked about that last week in episode 17. So if you have not listened to that, then I highly recommend you maybe pause this one and go back to that one and listen to that and then listen to this. So when many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. <laughs> who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense at this? Did I just offend you? Then, what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh has no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are the Spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed, 
and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve? And yet, one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. I love how John just kind of comes out and says it. Gives us a preview of what's to come. Just kind of funny. Let's go back. Verse 60. Jesus had just said this rather difficult thing. If we were there with him that day, we would have been questioning it ourselves. Eat eat his body. <laughs> eat his flesh. Drink his blood. Jesus, this sounds a little bit like cannibalism. Doesn't sound really good, man. Hey, this isn't going to be good for your poll numbers. People aren't going to like this. They're not going to connect with it. They're not going to understand what you're saying. You shouldn't say that. <laughs> like, you really should not say that. Especially if you are trying to get to the throne. You kind of need some more support. This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? I want to come back to that, but I want to highlight a couple other things. And then I want to come back to that. Verse 65. This is what it says. And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. There's a tension, and I think I highlighted this last week as well. There's a tension between the role that God plays and our free will in, in coming to God, in coming to Jesus, and in, in, in finding salvation in Him by faith. That somehow, we don't know exactly how it works. But there's a tension, because for someone who would say, Oh, free will, yes, of course. They have to deal with this. And for the person who would say, yeah, God's completely in charge of who comes to him, they like this, but they also have to deal with free will. <laughs> Too often times in our theological um, mind-bending and our theological conclusions that we come up with, too often times we we get it in our minds that there's it's like an either or kind of thing between God's working and and drawing people to him and and our following that and our actually coming to him cuz you get you get this this picture of God pulling at a person and them Almost at, like as if their will is pushing them to Jesus. And this really actually just comes back to the main idea for today. Is that when Jesus says things that are difficult, or when the Bible talks about something that is difficult, what do you do? Because for this crowd... 
Many of them went home. Many of them stopped following Jesus because of something that he said. Because of something that he said. He had just fed thousands of people. Many of these people who are following him right now probably were fed by him the, following, the, the, the day prior. They probably were. And yet, we do the, same very, the very same thing. Jesus has been so good to us. God has been faithful to us. And not only that, he has sent his son to die on a cross so that we could be redeemed and reconciled to himself for his glory, for the honor of his name. We have been showered with grace upon grace upon grace beyond what beyond anything we could have ever imagined. And yet, we still, when we read something in God's word that we don't agree with, we have enough arrogance, enough pride to say, it's my way, God, in this area. I, I know that's what you say, but I'm going to go with what I say. How stupid of us. Verses 66 to 69. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? <laughs> you you want to go? Look at them. Are you going to go too? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Have we gotten to the point where we can say what Peter has said? Lord, to whom shall we go? There is no other option. You are the Holy One of God. So today, do you believe even when Jesus says things that you don't like? Do you believe when the Bible says something that you do not like? Are you willing to say, God, to you be the glory. It's your way or no way. Or it's, it's your way or the highway without you, the highway away from you, the highway to hell. <laughs> I mean, the alternative is, is this, is, is walking with Jesus in a genuine manner with nothing held back, saying, Jesus, to whom shall we go? I've, I've, got, I've gotten rid of everything. You are the only one I have. So I, I think that would be so much more, so much better than what happens when we argue with God about the things in which he has said. Just think about this. And, and, and really the action item today is, is, is this, is stop arguing with God and his word. You, neither you nor I, are smart enough, are big enough, are aware enough, are wise enough to have that argument. My friends, that is not an argument you want to have to be arguing with the creator of the universe the one in whom he holds everything together by his embrace. 
If he decided to let go, everything would be gone. You, me, everything. Let's stop arguing with God and and do what his word says. Take it to heart. Lord, to whom shall we go? You're everything. 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 Hey, thanks so much for joining on episode 18 of The Abundant Life. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope it's been encouraging. If it has, would you go ahead and go on iTunes, Stitcher, just go on there and and leave a rating, a review, and subscribe. That would be awesome because that's going to help get this podcast in front of more people. I say this every week because it's important. Um, I hope and pray that this blesses you, but I hope and pray that you use it to bless others as well. And just a reminder, you can also subscribe to BrandonKelly.org, and I will send you all of my blog posts, all the podcasts, straight to your inbox whenever they go live. And in doing so, I'll give you a free devotional called Journey to Knowing God. It has four audio sessions, uh, similar to how the podcast is, and then it has daily prompts that are just they're designed to help you get to know who God is, to experience Him in your daily life. I'll see you next week. Until then, live abundantly in Him. Talk to you soon.